I am Chris Rex, and for the last nine years, I have been traveling up and down the roads as an independent professional wrestler. I have had the opportunity to train, work with, and share locker rooms with some of the best to ever step foot inside the squared circle. My co-host is Alex Alcazaz, aka the Bear of Texas. A journalist born outside of Lyon, France, he moved to the United States at the age of four and his love of sports is what led him to become a sports writer. And with seven years under his belt already, the sky is the limit for this young Texan. Together, we mix my knowledge and professional experience with his research and sports journalism to bring you a unique view on Vice TV's hit series, Dark Side of the Ring. This is Dark Side of the Podcast. Owen James Hart, born May 7, 1965, one of the most athletically gifted wrestlers to step inside of a professional wrestling ring. He was a former IWGP junior heavyweight, WWE Intercontinental, a two-time WWE European, and three-time WWE tag team champion. Owen was a man known as a prankster with a heart of gold who loved his family and was equally as loved by his peers. His life tragically came to an end on May 23, 1999, after a stunt went horribly wrong during a live pay-per-view while working for the WWE, then known as the World Wrestling Federation. His death would not come without controversy. Was his untimely death just a freak accident? Or was it blatant negligence? Ladies and gentlemen, I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. The Bear of Texas. And I am professional wrestler Chris Reck. And on today's episode of Dark Side of the Podcast, we discuss the final days of Owen Hart. Chris, this ride only got better and better and better. But once it reached the point of Owen Hart, it could not have gotten any better. Or I should say, it couldn't have gotten any more intense. This was the season finale for Dark Side of the Ring. And it was definitely... Um, emotional like we were saying you know previously uh before we started recording owen hart was the first wrestler like my first memory of uh professional wrestling was popping in a vhs tape and and seeing owen hart make his entrance and watching an owen hart owen hart match and so that was like my first memory and i was hooked on wrestling since so to grow up watching him and watch that pay-per-view as a kid live um this was something that reliving it definitely was like oh like my heart stopped uh, i had water in my eyes you know <laughs> chris i would be lying to you if i told you that i did not tear up in this episode because ladies and gentlemen as silly as it is i did tear up and i did ball a little bit because this really got to me now unfortunately I could not watch Owen's best days. I mean, not at least live because this was, you know, I was very little. But I was glad I had the subscription to the WWE Network where I was able to see everything Owen did. By God, Owen was one hell of a talent. 100%. He was part of one of the greatest wrestling families. Mm -hmm. um, and he was, he was really kind of, uh, he was the youngest one. And he really broke out on his own for his athletic ability. He was doing backflips and high drop kicks and what we would say spots today, the spot style wrestling. Um, he was he was doing that and people couldn't keep up with him. He was he was that good. Uh, and if they showed a lot of the family videos of Owen and 
they show that he really didn't take wrestling as seriously as the other Hart members. Um, he pretty much just wanted to be with his family. His goal wasn't to keep wrestling. It was to make enough money to take care of his family so that he can be home with his family. And to say that he was devoted to his family is an understatement. Yes, he was the youngest out of, I believe, 12 children. And as Chris mentioned, the flips and the talent. I mean, Chris Jericho said he was basically a real version of the character from a character from the Karate Kid. Yeah, I like that he made that he made that analogy. And uh, Chris Jericho even said he was influenced by him. Um, but like I said, he really his heart was always with his family. It was always family first. Uh, his son had told a story where one day he, he had a booking and he canceled the booking because every year him, him and his son would go to this train show, it's model train show. And the booking happened to interfere with that. And he, uh, rescheduled the booking just so he can be with his son. And that really is a testament to the, the man he was. It was always family first for him. And, a lot of times in the wrestling business, um, it's not. It's really not like that. Sometimes you can't be with your family, and he made damn well sure he was going to be with his son that day. Mm-hmm. And as his widow Martha explained, he was on the road 250 days a year. Like he'd be on the road for 10 days straight and come home for three days, and then it would, the, the process would repeat. Yeah, they actually showed a video of Owen Hart saying that um, it's a rough life, but hopefully in the end it'll be worth it for his family. And that, that was really touching, you know, because everything he was doing was to kind of get out the business, you know. It was just, you know, he was doing whatever it takes, you know, to put food on the table because for him, there was nothing above family, you know. It was like, it was family over wrestling. I mean, it's like you said, he was not as passionate about it as, as you know, as, as his brother. Yeah, and he also starting out, um, you know, he was kind of like always in his brother's shadow. Mm-hmm. And then they had the one-on-one match at WrestleMania 10, which was an amazing match. And it really put the spotlight on Owen Hart. He kind of stepped out of that shadow and showed that he can be his own man. And, he, and just because his last name was Hart doesn't mean he, you know, he should live in any, anyone's shadow. And that was a really excellent match. If you have the WWE Network, uh, go go watch that match if you've never watched it. Even if you have watched it, watch it again. It's such a great put, greatly put together, and that match is what kind of started his his push in, in W in a WWE. Because, and what's so amazing, as Jim Ross uh, explained, that Brett was willing to put his brother over. Like Brett wanted Owen to succeed as well. Brett. Just wanted Owen, like Brett Owen. Owen should succeed too, and it's amazing how Brett was so devoted to helping his brothers. You know, make it in the wrestling business as well. Yeah, I mean that that where that uh, family over everything. I'm gonna take care of my family. I want to make sure my family's eating. My family's making the money. My my family has a good position in this company uh, because he's a great wrestler. And here, let me prove it to you. Put him in the ring with me, and let us do our magic. And they, they definitely did do magic. But Owen Hart wasn't, like you said, as passionate about it as Bret Hart. And we've seen that during the Montreal Screwjob uh, when he was part of the Hart Foundation. And uh, 
Bret Hart pretty much got screwed out of the WWF Championship at Survivor Series. And Bret Hart was flipping out. And Owen Hart comes down to the ring and talks to him and tells him, it's not worth the man, whatever, it's over. Like, forget about it. And that just goes to show, like, Owen Hart was just like, you know what, they did what they did, what are we going to do about it now? Like, don't get all frustrated and lose your mind and ruin your life over it, you know? And many people may argue that he said that because he he doesn't know what it's like to be in Brett's shoes, but at the same time, he was just trying to comfort his brother and say, look, just get over it, man. It's all right. Yeah, for him, it was, it was, it was, it's just wrestling, man. You know, it's just wrestling. You know, when Bret Hart, like, like we were talking about with, um, earlier episodes with egos and things like that, uh, it, Owen Hart didn't have one. He didn't, you know, he was able to take himself out of, out of being Owen Hart, the wrestler. And sometimes, and Brett really, uh, he believed in his, his abilities and himself, maybe a little bit too much. And definitely more than Owen, Owen did himself. So, and we, de- and we seen that during the Montreal screw job. So that just, again, goes to show like, he was really just there to, to make money and and put on good matches. It's like yeah, they, like we said at the end of the day, it was just all about um supporting the uh, supporting his family. Uh, I want to go through Owen's uh, career. Like when he arrived in the WWF, uh, it was in 1988. It was he was only 23 years old, and uh, basically d- during that time, um. Brett was beginning to embark on a singles career. So when they bring him in, Owen actually teams up with Jim the Anvil Nightheart, and they, and they, they form this tag team, what's known as the New Foundation. Now, this kind of goes to, this goes certainly well, but now we get to 1993, and that's where Owen's career is really beginning to peak because he's, put in, he, he's portrayed as the jealous younger brother of Bret Hart. And that ultimately cum- culminates into a, f- a feud with Brett and then that match at WrestleMania 10, just like you mentioned. So I want to hear your, th- your thoughts, Chris. How do, you, how do you think the whole thing with the whole feud with Bret Hart uh, went in your opinion? I think it was perfect. I mean, it, it was such a real story, you know, because even though it was a story and they were, they were playing their characters, there's always going to be that, that sibling rivalry. There, there had to be some, you know. And you, you, you get to show that a little bit now because it's okay now. Okay, let's just put that in the story, get that out there. And I'm sure that helped their relationship too. Mm-hmm. Being able to get that out there, even if it's a, as a character. There's always, there's always going to be some real feelings in a promo. There's always going to be some... Uh, there has to be a real feeling there or else people don't believe it. You know, People don't buy into it if they can tell it's, it's fake and it's not coming from your heart. You know, so when he talks about he's tired of being in the shadows and he doesn't, he doesn't want to be the baby brother anymore, you know, I'm sure there was a little bit of realism into that and the chemistry together in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they weren't brothers that, and they were in that match and they did that match, that, and that feud, the whole, the whole way they built it up, it was, it was perfectly done. It oh. told, told the story with two great wrestlers who stole, I say, stole the show at WrestleMania 10. Oh, absolutely. And I like how you mentioned the way it started because it started at the 1994 Royal Rumble. Brett and Owen Hart were teaming. Uh, they were challenging the Quebecers for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Obviously, during the match, Brett Hart, you know, 
kayfabe injured his knee, and we all and we remember if you've seen the match, like he couldn't tag, he couldn't make a tag to Owen, then Owen would get frustrated, and the match ended up being done uh, via referee stoppage because Bret Hart obviously couldn't continue. So they set up to where Owen snaps and starts attacking his brother, targeting the knee, and then he just like kind of runs backstage because we all remember that Owen basically cut an infuriating promo where he accused his brother of being selfish and holding him down. And then, you know, that, that's just a perfect way. I and mean, especially in a, in a sibling rivalry, that's just the best way to start it. Um, so shortly after WrestleMania 10, uh, and, and you know, I should mention that Owen Hart, I mean, the, the way the match ended was a clean pin. Like, they didn't they didn't script Owen, Owen to use, like, cheating tactics. Like, he beat his brother fair and square. Cleanly in, in the ring. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a better way to get him. That's just a, a much better way to get him over. And shortly after that, Owen wins the 1994 King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, he won. He became King of the Ring, so he really started to go on the rise. But as we start, as we get to the Montreal Screwjob in 1997, uh, after that things start changing within WWE. They start doing more raunchier product. They usher in what is known as the Attitude Era. And we've covered it before. There, there was uh, there was a few mistakes with the Attitude Era, but it is widely like one of the most popular eras in professional wrestling. And it was starting to become more reality based. And they said that Owen Hart really didn't. He was a great wrestler, but they couldn't really put a character on him. And one of the things they came up with for him during this time was doing an affair angle with Deborah. Mm-hmm. And he and he rejected and that big time. He, 100% rejected it, and he said, I don't even want my wife to even have a thought, and I don't want my family portrayed as if I'm cheating on her and I have a broken family, you know? So, again, again, family came first, even in the storyline. You know, he turned that down. He said, no, I'm not doing an affair angle. So they thought of bringing back the Blue Blazer. Now, Alex, give everybody, um, you know, an idea of what, who the blue, what the Blue Blazer gimmick is. Well... Basically, like, it was a superhero sort of gimmick. I mean, you know, the cape, the mask. Um, he was actually, obviously, you know, a good guy character. Um, but, you know, as, as Chris mentioned, they could not find uh, they could not find anything. Because, you know, this was turning... Now, before I want to get too deep uh, with the Attitude Era, I mean, what's sad is the fact they couldn't come up with anything. It's because, you know, previously, Owen had successful, you know, was teaming with the British Bulldog and Yokozuna, which turned out great. So the fact that they go from that, that he's doing great, and then they come to the point where they can't do anything, Jim Ross actually said, and I quote, it was totally, not only unacceptable, but Jim Ross found that humiliating. And, you know, 100%. One, yeah, of the, one, one of the best workers. One of the best workers, and he does. you don't have a, a, a anything for him. Uh, I mean, it, let him be Owen Hart. That's what got him to the dance, right? Mm-hmm. That's what got to the dance and stick with your guns, man. Everybody knew who Owen Hart was at that time, but they decided to go with uh, the Blue Blazer gimmick, which he had previously previously done in his first run in WWE, I believe. And they wanted to bring back this gimmick, but more as a joke. Yes, as more like every, everybody knows who's under the mask, but let's play it off like it's not. And Martha Hart, his wife, had said that um, it was pretty much done as a, as a spoof to Thing because Thing would come in from the rafters. So they had the idea of having him come, start coming in from the rafters and he'll flop and or he'll, 
or his ma- they'll take his mask off and it's Owen Hart. So it was kind of a, a comedy gimmick. Well, let me go ahead and further describe it because uh, I, you know, I didn't get to that. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, describe it. Uh, well, unlike the first one of the character, the Blazer was actually portrayed as an overbearing, self-righteous heel who treated the, <laughs> who treated the WWF with you know, disdain and hatred. And it basically, yes, you're right. It was a story. It was a, it was just comical. And you know the fact, you know, just to make fun of Sting, you know, you know, co- come down to the ring. I mean, there was also an angle where he where he was like stuck. Yeah, and, 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 then, and, then, and they couldn't get him out the harness. And, and then um, Steve Blackman, you know, unmasked him and then exposes exposed the identity. I mean, it's like wow. I mean, yeah, they, and they, they come up, they, with, they, they have no no good they, ideas, and then they. They give him a comedy character. I'm like, so I would have asked him, like, are they literally trying to ruin this guy? Are they, are they really trying to make a joke out of the legacy of the Hart family? I mean, what the hell's wrong with these guys? And Owen Hart was, you know, he was okay with it. You know, he was doing something funny that wasn't, you know, hurting his family. And they had the, the idea to start, you know, bringing him in from the rafters on a rig. Well, the, fir- the, the first time they did the rigging company that they used... Um, was a was a class A rigging company. They had worked for for every, for pretty much every top production company. So WWE was in good hands. Owen Hart was in good hands with this, and everything went fine. Uh, on uh, May twenty third, nineteen ninety nine, WWE WWF at the time had a pay per view called uh, Over the Edge, and he was set to uh, Blue Blazer was set to go against The Godfather. And they were going to have Blue Blazer coming from the rafters. Now, prior to this, this um, about a week, I believe they said, uh, they had wrote this in. And they needed measurements from Owen, so they called his wife. And his wife said, well, you were just with him. Why didn't you ask him then? And they said they just wrote it in. So this was a last-minute thing to have him come flying in from the rafters. And she, uh, like any uh, worried wife would she asked well who's going to do the rigging you know you know she wants to know what's going to happen with her husband and she was promised that it would be a professional rigging company and that uh owen would be in safe hands and that the company would go with the absolute best owen hart that day as he arrived to the arena that day um he seemed to not want to do it well, it was mentioned that he had a fear of heights. I mean, because we all remember when Jim Jim Ross was talking. I mean, Jim Ross said to uh, to Owen, you know, better you than me. And but Jim Ross, you know, speculates, you know, that Owen had to do it. I mean, there was no stunt double, and since it was pay per view, I mean, when it comes to performing on pay per view, there's no room for error. And you know, not only that, but the fact that they rushed the idea. That it was like a last minute change. I mean, the the whole situation. That's where the whole mess begins. It was rushed, and you know, Owen didn't want to do it, and it's like, I mean, my my head's spinning right now. Yeah. So as they're uh, they play a promo for for uh, that was filmed earlier in the day from Blue Blazer, Owen Hart, Blue Blazer, as they're uh, getting him rigged up. Now they had practiced this the, before, the early in the day. Um, and everything went fine. And he's getting ready. All of a sudden, they get back, and um, they they're getting uh, Owen Hart set up. And it, it seems like the 
I remember watching as a kid. It seemed like they were kind of taking their time, so you knew something was ha- something was going to happen, like something big was going to happen. Um, and unfortunately, something went wrong. And instead of uh, flying down to the ring, Owen Hart fell into the ring to his death. And 80 feet, ladies and gentlemen. 80 feet. 80 feet. And now I'm just saying this uh, before we get into what happened. Um, I remember being a kid. Uh, I was eight years old. And I remember watching this pay-per-view. Now, for everyone out there that's never watched it, no, they do not show it. Um, it was never shown on pay-per-view, him falling. or This was happening during a promo. And... Uh, I was, it was the craziest thing because they came back to Jim Ross and by the tone in his voice, you knew something was wrong. And I remember being a kid and it felt like the world stood still because you knew something was wrong. The way he said, uh, I have the unfortunate responsibility of, uh, telling you that Owen Hart is there's been an accident with Owen Hart and it's whoa it is live on pay-per-view like live like this isn't tape this is live on pay-per-view and what I found funny is the way Jim Ross is explaining this is they're trying this whole time they're trying to get updates trying to get updates on what's happening uh they know Owen Hart fell and no one knows what's going on and then they get to Jim Ross and they're like, we need updates, we need updates. And Jim Ross is like, I, I have no updates to give. What, what, what am I going to say? What, you give me the update. And the producer, Kevin Dunn, says, Owen Hart died. And you're back on in 10, 9, 8. And that really uh, kind of pissed me off. And Jim Ross admitted that that moment was the hardest and most terrible moment of his career. Of his life. Of his said. life. Oh, his you know, life. yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Of his life. I mean, I'm so shocked. I mean, I'm like, God, did this this really happen? I mean, they're like that. I mean, and I'm surprised Jim Ross said everything and was able to do it the professional way because, you know, he had been an announcer for so long. I mean, he, I'm not surprised, you know, he's well-skilled, but... And they also mentioned, you know, Jim Cornette mentioned, like, I think as soon as Owen falls, as soon as, like, the whole malfunction happens... Owen Hart screamed, look out. And he says because he yeah. did not want to hurt anybody. And, and the referee, Jimmy Corderas, who was supposed to ref the match between the Blue Blazer and, and the and the Godfather, said he, he thought he heard screaming. And then something like literally flew right by him. He t- and then he turns around, and what does he see? He sees Owen Hart on the ground, unconscious, and possibly already dead. And then he just starts, you know, signaling to the back, we need EMTs, we need EMTs. I mean, this is serious. And then even Jerry Lawler got out, uh, got up. I think this was probably when they were on break, like like before they went back uh, on air or something like that. Jerry Lawler, like, you know, got to the back, and then you know they're all saying he's. I mean, he was already like Godfather said that you know Jerry Lawler was pale, like in a state of shock. And then and then he goes back out and just goes to the commentary table. And when then when Jim Ross brings up the update, I mean, I saw the look on Jerry Lawler's face, the way he reacted. He was like. He was like telling himself, "This is not happening. This is a dream. This did not happen." This man, is, this is uh, it was, it was heavy, man. Um, 
uh, as you guys can tell, the whole tone of this show just changed at this point because it's it's still heavy. It's still a crazy situation, something crazy to think about, man. And um, the fact that they continued the show, that that's another thing that really got to me. Now, as, as a kid at eight years old, I didn't understand, you know, like, uh, but as an adult um, and someone in the wrestling business, like, that was a murder, that, not a murder scene, but that, that, that was a crime scene. You know, someone just died. You have to figure out what happened, and they continued the show. Um, Unbelievable. That, that kind of, that's left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, literally, someone just died in the ring, and you're going to have guys go out there and wrestle. I mean, if I had been one of the wrestlers... I would not have been comfortable stepping in that ring because the fact that Owen fell 80 feet like that, the ring's probably damaged. I mean, maybe somebody else could get hurt. But yes, they, the ring was damaged. The they said was, uh, his blood was all over the place. The his blood was. They all- said a few pieces of the, of the wood um, had like caved in and broke. So I mean, it, and then the call to his wife from Vince McMahon. Uh, so Vince McMahon has uh, calls. Martha Hart and she picks up the phone and it's unknown it's an unknown caller and that's usually Owen Hart on the road so she goes hey Owen and he and she, he uh Vince McMahon goes no this is Vince McMahon and Owen Hart's been known I've heard a few stories as a, as a huge prankster and he's known to uh prank call people you know and he's done it as Vince McMahon before so she thought it was Owen Hart trying to prank her and she goes, Owen, oh, stop. And she goes, no, this is Vince McMahon. And he proceeds to tell her that Owen Hart fell. He was in, he, there was an accident and Owen Hart fell. And she's like, what do you mean? And she goes, Some, he goes, somebody will call you soon. I mean, to get that call, man. And it's amazing, too, because... Vince, like, I mean, I'm not sure if Vince knew that Owen was dead, or maybe Vince just did not have it in him to tell uh, Martha. But anyway, a few minutes later, she gets the call, and it's the doctor that was treating Owen, and he gives her the unfortunate news that Owen is dead. Yeah, and uh, they actually wanted to fly her out to tell her the news, and she, she said, no, just tell me, get to the point, tell me, what happened and like any anybody hearing that news she broke down and you know she didn't want to believe it at first of course you don't want to believe something like that you know no. uh, oh. and it's it, it was it's so sad i really feel for for her and her family and all you know when we get to the point you know where uh owen's son uh uh Oge, i believe how his name is pronounced you know he didn't even know what was going on I think he mentioned he was in his basement. I think he was playing in the in the in the in the, in the, in the house's basement, and then I think all of it, and then he mentioned you know one of the next door neighbors came and you know say uh you know comforted him and said you know your mom's crying your mom's crying and you know he was just a kid I think he was like eight seven or eight years old I mean he doesn't know what's going on, and he's like well, why is my mom crying, but still he's not told, so that night I mean he and his sister are in a bedroom. And then that's when the mom comes in and says to them, your dad is dead. And then he even mentions, Oach mentions that that night, not him nor his sister or his mom was able to sleep. 
mean, if I heard such how, news, how I mean, could you? How could you? I mean, it, it, had I heard such news, I probably wouldn't be able to sleep for days. Uh, when my father passed away, when I got to, I I didn't sleep for a few days. I, you know, it. How can you sleep? And it's just knowing that such you know, that, there's no peace there at that. You know, I mean. You can't sleep because you want to know what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of things going through your mind. There's a lot of answers that you that you want. I mean, you, I mean, just you know, you you go through a psychological form where you know you just can't sleep. So, so that so they get to um, Kansas City. The, fu- the uh, no, well, they get uh, to the funeral. Mm-hmm. The funeral. Oh, uh, when they showed the footage of the funeral, oh, man. Uh, showing was amazing. It was. It was like nothing else. She said there was so many people that she didn't expect to show up. So many fans showed up that they actually amplified the on, um, you know, through speakers to the outside so everyone can hear, you know, the service. And that's how loved Owen Hart was as as a as a family, you know, as part of the family, as a wrestler, as a as you know. A, and influence. There were so many people that showed up for him. She said, I believe over a thousand people showed up. I mean, over 300 wrestlers showed up as well. I mean, right, because Owen was so well acquainted with so many wrestlers that a lot, I mean, it wasn't just people around the city. It wasn't just, you know, family. I mean, a lot of wrestlers were there too. I mean, and, I mean, and that, I, is, that doesn't heard, surprise me. You know, I've been in locker rooms with a few uh, legends that were around during this time, and uh, I've never heard. Um, a bad story about Owen Hart. You know, I never heard anyone say they didn't like Owen Hart or they had a problem with Owen Hart. Like, he he loved everybody and everybody loved him. He was just the best friend that anybody could have. So it doesn't surprise me that he had so many acquaintances. And, yeah, and it was at the funeral, his wife made a vow that she will get to the bottom of this and find out what happened because this isn't the end of it. You know, something went wrong and she's going to find out and they're well off to the races. She decides she's going to uh, go down and find out for herself what happened. So she went down to the arena and Alex, walk, walk us through this. Well, they go down to the arena and they go up to the rafters where Owen was supposed to make the entrance. And not only that, the police, the police are giving her documents. The police are kind of explaining what happened. But she's still not getting the answers she's looking for. Because she wants to know what happened. And then she go to a clip and she mentioned, like, she, she has these boxes where, you know, with the, with the whole thing, you know, with, the rat, with the rope glider, whatever you want to call it. She takes us through everything. Like, she has everything from that, from that scene. But she had to go there, like, in that spot where, where he fell just to learn exactly what happened. But it wasn't the end there, because the mind was still blank. And then, and then, and then, and then what do we get as a result? Because she's not getting what, what she's asking for. What does she do, Chris? She goes to Vince, and what does she do? What does what does she do? She brings a lawsuit on on Vince McMahon and the WWF for uh, negligence, mm-hmm. wrongful death, and negligence. Because uh, the evidence that she found is the clip that they used mm-hmm. to glide. Owen Hart, okay, it only took six pounds of pressure, six fucking pounds of pressure to snap and let it loose. 
Mm-hmm. And here's You're talking crazy. about a guy that was 240 pounds, okay? And, uh, like, come on. Where was the professional, where was the professional co- company? Because that obviously wasn't a professional rigging. They used um, uh, something that was for, for uh, a boat, yeah, for sailing, for setting the sail. And that's what they used to glide a 240-pound man 80 feet. And you know what? And, and here was what I mentioned too. Like, they told him a certain thing. As long as you don't pull it or anything, you'll be okay. And Martha mentioned Owen did not pull it. So this has me thinking, Chris. Was Owen lied to? Was his safety risk that way? And he was told false safety information? Um, I don't think he was told false safety information, but I believe that. Uh, they had switched the hooks because Martha said that they had done a practice run and it was, and it went well, nothing happened. And she believes that they were using the, the professional grips. Uh, I, I'm not sure the exact term of it, but it, it's made for, uh, for this exact purpose. Um, and it, then the clip that they used only takes six pounds to snap. So somewhere along the lines, the clip that that the clip was switched, and Owen had no idea. Wow. And now we get to where she sues Vince. Folks, you 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 better you better get ready for this because what I'm about to tell you is what Vince did in response, and this is probably gonna piss you off. I mean, it pissed me off, Vince. I think what we'll say he counters Vince like countersues. That's right. He sues the widow, but not only that, he wants to move the case because she sued in a in a court in in, Can- in Kansas City. And Chris, he and Vince wanted to move the case to Connecticut. And do you know why? She can't sue for uh, punitive damages. Exactly. What in the hell was that? A woman who just lost her husband in a, in a freak accident like that. Something that should not have happened. She wants answers. She's not getting the answers. She's got two little kids and, you know, and who, don't, who, who no longer have a father. She's not getting like that. She sues, she sues you. And then you sue her back? God, I mean, God I, damn I, it. Yeah, that that doesn't sit well with me. I mean, she just lost her husband. She's suing you because something something went wrong. Something went wrong, and it was pure negligence. And he countersues her. Uh, I mean, that definitely doesn't sit right, and it's not a good look uh, on Vince McMahon. Unbelievable. And we get to a press conference about the whole thing. And then a female reporter is telling Vince, you know, this is obviously negligence. And whatnot. And he basically says to that woman, I resent your tone. And that reporter does one of the bravest things. Well, she says to him, well, I resent your sarcasm. I resent your tone, lady. (laughs) This is not the time. And then he started saying how the man died. And all she was all she was asking was answer her question if about if about negligence. You know, and he and I think his response to the reporter was, 
uh, though I'm laughing at it, I think it was just like, again, it was just a bad look, not not the right way to handle it. And what's funny is that Vince made a, made a fool out of himself. Because Vince just did not have it in him to just simply answer the question. Yeah. Well, so she sues, but... And, and here's something else that really amazed me is that much of the Hart family was not in favor of this lawsuit. Because no, they because... believed, because they believed, a few members believed that in the future, Vince McMahon would actually take good care of him. I would have lost all my trust in Vince McMahon after that. First, he screws Brett. And then, and, and then he, he has Owen do this thing that uh, perform, you know, this dangerous stunt. And Owen dies. I'm still going to have some trust in Vince McMahon. I'm still going to want to work for him. No fucking way, dude. This really hit my heart. How people in your own family just do that to you. Like, Martha says, you know, people were stealing her documents and giving it to the defense team. Oh, my goodness. I mean, she said, look, you don't have to support me, but please do not work against me. Because Martha was not doing this for the money. Not at all. No. She was doing this to fight the honor of her late husband. She was doing what a, what a loving wife does. I mean, she was a widow, for goodness sake. She was a widow that had not gotten the answers surrounding her husband's death. This was all about justice. She was doing this for the kids too. I mean, yeah, and it and it's just it's just really sad, man. Because the man wasn't even like really in his prime yet, you know. Uh, you know, and think about it. Like they, they, uh, Chris Jericho had mentioned it. Um, though he really wasn't in a good position then. Think about the talent that came in within that year. Um, you had Chris Jericho there. You had Eddie Guerrero there, Dean Malenko there, Chris Benoit there, Kurt Angle was there, Taz was going to be there. Like, think about the matches that could have happened, you know, with 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 Owen Hart and these talent, these talents that came in. They they would have been some some dream matches, man. I think, I think you know, for what you're saying is, I think Owen Hart would have reached main event status with the, working with those guys. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, and he would have boosted them as well because oh, Owen Hart yeah. was not a selfish guy, you know. He was not like in the, especially in the ring. It was always, how can we make this look good? How can I make my opponent look good? You know, this is a situation. If you can make your opponent look good, you're gonna look good. Exactly. And it didn't happen because all because of a freak accident. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think at this point we could say neg- it's 100% ne- it's, negligence. It's 100% negligence, yeah. I mean- like we said in, like in the intro, it, it, is it a freak accident or a negligence? I think at, at this point we can say it, it, there was definitely negligence. And, it has to um, be negligence because people are ref- – because Vince is just not going to come – it's just not going to come clean. He's not, you know – I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, this, I mean, this has to tell me this is negligence. If, if they're not going to come clean about the whole thing – this whole thing has to go to court for over a year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely negligence. And but- one thing that um, a lot of fans have been, you know, talking about um, is the fact that he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. And I never understood why. I didn't really know all of this, all the info that came out in this Neither did episode. I, dude. Neither did I, I didn't know anything so to hear this i i understand her reasonings she doesn't want to give wwe the satisfaction of having her her husband who died under their supervision under working for them 
have them have the satisfaction of having him in their Hall of Fame. He's he's, he's in other Hall of Fames. He's in uh, uh, I believe four or five other Hall of Fames, uh, but not the WWE Hall of Fame. And you have to understand her reasoning. And I totally do. I totally do, because just like you, I wondered why. Why is he not in the Hall of Fame? But now we know. And how and and how Owen's son uh, Oge said it. I applaud him for it, and I say amen to that. And I mean, he doesn't want his dad being in the Hall of Fame. He does not want, you know, they just don't want their their dad's, you know, the dad's name to be associated with a company that's responsible for his death. A hundred percent. I and you know, I I agree with that. And you can't blame you can't blame them for for it. Yes, as a wrestling fan, who wouldn't want to see him in the in the WWE Hall of Fame? But. Um, Martha does bring up a good point in that it's not real. There's no real Hall of Fame. No. There is there's no real Hall of Fame. It's WWE Hall of Fame. It's, it's, she feels it's just to make money off of guys and put on an event. That That's how she feels in her heart. And, you know, again, she she has every right to feel that way and to not put her husband in the Hall of Fame. Now, um, I've seen today that Dark Side of the Ring uh, had put out, for the first time, uh, Owen Hart officially licensed merchandise on Pro Wrestling Tees. Really? Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, that's, that's awesome. Like, we have officially licensed Owen Hart merchandise. And I believe, uh, the, the, um, I believe uh, the money goes to the Owen Hart Foundation. I'm one hundred percent sure it is. It does. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it does. And Owen Hart Foundation is um, a foundation that she started in his name to, because he wasn't just a wrestler; he was a great human being. And what the what the Owen Hart Foundation does for, for human beings, you know, they help people with homes. You know, they help kids get into schools, and oh, they they take care of people, and they pretty much do it in the honor of Owen Hart because that's what he would have done. Mm-hmm. And that that's how his legacy, you know, should be remembered as who he was as a human being. It's just, you know, the whole aftermath of his death. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over a couple of things right here. And I didn't know this until like, I was doing research. In June 2010, Martha filed another lawsuit. I mean, well, before I go to this lawsuit, I mean, um, what ended up happening, folks, is the lawsuit is, um, they ended up settling and, um, and an eighteen million dollars settlement was given, but again, it didn't help. I mean, it, it, I mean, you know, as Martha said, it wasn't about the money; it was about justice. But, but in June two thousand ten, Martha filed another lawsuit because they were using Owen's name and likeness, as well as personal photos of the Hart's family, in a DVD that was like known as Heart and Soul WWE uh, WWE DVD, and she sued because due to the failure of of, of royalty payments. Uh, now that now, now this now unlike the previous uh, unlike the previous lawsuit, Chris, this tri- this actually did go to trial. Although it it, it resulted in, in yet an well, it was spo- it was scheduled to go to trial, I should say. But they you know they they were able it reached another settlement, uh, obviously for undisclosed reasons. But you see, like, it amazes me. Like even after you know long after his death, I mean they're still gonna think it's okay. You know, use his name, his likeness, and put personal photos. You know. On a d- d- on a d- DVD that you know that's like sponsored, See, I, being made by produced by WWE. 
Um, I like I don't know the legalities behind that because I, WWE does own their footage. You know, um, this is something I've actually been looking into the last couple of days uh, because of, of another situation that had come up um, on the legalities of, yes, you may own the footage, but do you own the right to use those people in the footage? You know, um, I'm, I'm not sure about the legalities on it, man. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, if they settled for Ernest Goes Amount, as long as the family's taken care of, then fine. But then again, you know, as we mentioned several times, it's not about the money, it's just about justice. And, you know, as far as his legacy, you know, Kevin Owens, actually, he named his son after Owen Hart. And I think the name uh, Owens also is also kind of a tribute to, to Owen Hart. Yeah, he named his son af- after Owen Hart and uh, decided to use his ring name as Kevin Owens. And, that, yeah, that's definitely a nod at Owen Hart. Uh, he touched so many people and influenced uh, so many people in, in pro wrestling. Uh, myself included. Like I said, that was my first image of professional wrestling. Uh, so it's is he impacted lives, whether he knew it or not. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me, but, but and as as we you know close out this episode, I mean, there was no there was no better way for Dark Side of the for Dark Side of the Ring to to end the series. There's no better way. Yeah, and we're actually as we're approaching the the anniversary, too. I mean, that was <laughs> that was some nice maneuvering there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the anniversary is three days from now, twenty one years. Yep. And I actually haven't uh, watched that pay per view since I was a kid. I mean, I can't. Uh, I had I had, po- I had posted it on Twitter, you know, yes. um, when I was talking about the memories. Um, yeah, I haven't watched that pay per view since. You know, I've watched a lot of the stuff from ninety eight, ninety nine, but uh, I just. I haven't watched that pay-per-view, and I kind of want to, but I don't want to now. After after seeing everything, it, I, like, I was like, maybe I should watch it. And now, I, I, I don't know if I want to. I mean, I wouldn't because it's... It, it, the only thing that, I mean, it's only going to... All that's going to be on my mind is, Owen. Oh, like, I'm not even going to pay attention. I mean, you know, the fact that we mentioned that the, the, the show, that show was not stopped, and it went on, I mean... So, I mean, let me take a look at the card. I mean, we the, the main event was Stone Cold defending the championship against The Undertaker, and then Shane and Vince were, the I think, the guest referees. And I, I think Undertaker ended up winning, but, you know... I mean, it's, I mean, I'm like, wow. But even if I do watch this pay-per-view, I mean, I have no interest in watching because oh, the, only, the only thing I w- that would be on my mind is just Owen. And, 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 and no- I have a bad image in my head of Owen suffering. The next night on Raw, the Raw that they did the next night, oh, man, I, I that I I did watch because um I I watch all the Raws like so it plays one after the other, and that episode came up and it's it's hard not to you know feel sympathy and and to have emotions watching watching that Raw. And after watching this episode, Chris, I think a lot of wrestling fans they they the sympathy they have for Mar- for Martha and the kids and and for Owen, there's never been more sympathy up until t- up until this episode aired. Like the respect and the praise for Owen has never been more through the roof. I mean, people and you know what? Let me let me tell you why. Let oh, me tell you why oh, because now now people know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Amen to that. I mean, for 21 years we've been wondering. 
and we finally have it, and it's come clean. I mean, Martha Hart, you know, f was finally able to tell us the whole truth, the, the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And honestly, I mean, I can't say I'm grateful for it. I mean, honestly, I'm glad I know because it's, all, it's only because I care about Owen and his family. Because I want Owen, I mean, justice for Owen. I mean, Owen deserves justice. I mean, for what happened, it shouldn't have happened. And the, and and the whole aftermath, everything the fact, was ridiculous. The fact that he wasn't like these other stories we've had in this season. He wasn't on drugs. He wasn't drinking alcohol. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't assault anybody. I mean, he, he was a genuine human being at that tragically lost his life before he was even in his prime and all he wanted to do was take care of his family that was his goal was to not wrestle the dream he had in life was to ju was just to be a good father and a good husband folks thank y'all very much y'all have a good night bear of texas and chris rex out